Welcome to The Pursuit of Life, where we share inspirational and action-focused stories to help you live a life of adventure. Proudly presented by Knightswood House. Now, please welcome your host, David Hazelwood. So, welcome to The Pursuit of Life podcast, and we're joined today by Margie Hadley. Margie is an ultra-endurance runner and uh, has been training for the World 100K Road Racing Championships. So welcome to the show, Margie. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me, David. Margie, I'm going to take you a long way back to start, and I'm going to ask you a question that uh, always interests me when I have guests on the show, and that is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, um, many things. When I was very little, this is a bit embarrassing, when I was very little, I wanted to be a mechanic because that my dad is a mechanic, and I think I wanted to be a vet probably a police officer. I don't think there was any one thing that I really focused on. Lots of different things. Yeah, okay. And um, and what's your day job now? What is it that, uh, that you do for a crust? I was doing civil design and then my husband and I bought a business together and I was doing civil design and doing the books for him. So I studied just a, an accounting and bookkeeping course. And then I left civil design to come and help run the business full time. So I do the books and daily running of the business as well. Yeah. Okay. And what sort of business is that? Uh, so we bought a heavy vehicle auto electrical business in 2011. My husband's a mechanic by trade and they decided they wanted to shift their focus a little bit. And I started helping him run that. And then in 2014, they built some heavy vehicle tow trucks and he now runs the towing business and I look after the auto electrical business. Okay. Now, the, yeah, the big question now is given we're, um, we're through this initial lockdown period or almost as far as WA goes, how have you gone, how has the business gone over that period? We've been not really affected for us particularly. We work in the transport industry. We only focus on heavy vehicles, so mining equipment and that sort of thing. We've been really lucky, I think. We did have a lot of our staff working from home and going direct to job sites, minimising contact with people, not coming into the workshop and that sort of thing, just to put, you know, practices in place. We're pretty steady. The towing is pretty steady. The auto electricians slowed down a little bit. I think a lot of businesses in WA coming back now as well. We're seeing a bit of a start up, I think, start back up. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, it's been a really difficult time for a lot of businesses, obviously. So it's, it's good that you've been able to, um, to get through relatively unscathed. So on a day-to-day basis, I mean, what is it that you most enjoy about your work? I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Spending 24 hours a day with your husband, obviously. Yeah, that's pretty pretty interesting. 24-7, you know, work together. Go home, live together. It's interesting. Um, I've got really good staff and they're very easy to work with. They're able to manage their jobs independently pretty much. They make my life easy. So it's good. Like I can go for a run in the morning and I can sneak into work a little bit late 
and they don't really care. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, I'd say like dealing with the staff is pretty easy. We don't, we're not customer, like I'm not customer focused, so I don't see customers come into the workshop at all. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm sort of behind the scenes, I guess. Yeah, but it's interesting given that, um, yeah, you were saying you bought the business and started working together kind of eight or nine years ago now and working together for that time. And a lot of couples have um, have almost led separate lives professionally for, for so long. And then the last two and three months have been forced together with everyone working from home and doing all that sort of stuff. And some have really enjoyed it. Some have um, questioned why they're actually married these days. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and some are just you know, dying to get back out and back yeah. out of the home and go into work. Yeah, I, I think we work quite well together. Like I'm from a family business. My mum and dad both work together and my sister actually worked with them as well for quite a few years. So I grew up in that environment. It, it, you have your tough times and we do see things differently. So it can be hard to, you know, but I think we bounce off each other as well. You, you have to work together as a team and then sort of compromise on your differences. It, it can be tough, but I mean, we've done it for so long. It's pretty normal to us, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of second nature now. Yeah. And so the you're running now ultra endurance running how did that come about how did you get into that i've always played sport played sport through school and i used to row back in high school and play netball and cycling i did a bit of road cycling and that sort of thing i dabbled in triathlon in my early 20s i moved to i'm from victoria originally and I was from a little country town and I moved yep. to Melbourne to study design and I was rowing and I'll do some triathlon and have a bit of a go at that and I was really bad at it <laughs> <laughs> like really bad and then I sort of I didn't really run at all I you know, I might have done a little bit of cross country at school, but I was probably really bad at that as well. When I moved to WA, when I was about 30, I decided to start running again and do a bit of triathlon again and just built up, did some half iron, Ironman and I did some marathons and then I just wanted to have a go at a full Ironman and see what that was like because, you know, that's always fun. Um, <laughs> so, you know, how far can you go? Um, yep. kind of thing. I did, so I did Ironman in 2013 and I trained really hard for that and I was really, really proud of what I achieved for that. I, I ran a really good marathon. My swim leg is really bad and I've always been reasonable on the bike but I'd never been strong on the run. So I think I did about a three-hour 40 marathon and oh, I was wow. I was really happy with that off the back of, you know, swimming and then 180K cycle. Cycle, yeah. Yeah, so then I decided to give the ultras a crack and I, I thought I think the longest I'd run was six-inch ultra that's a race run by David Kennedy here in WA on the trails and that's about 47 kilometres and 
I'd run that with a friend a few times and I then thought I'll step up and I'll do the 50k at Feral Pig and I don't know how but somehow I got talked into doing the 50 miler which is you know (laughs) different yeah so I ran 50 miler um it was a fat ass run by Sean Kessler who runs Ultra Series WA Uh, it was one of the first ones he put together and I'm not very good on trail at all uh and I hadn't really run any trails, so to run a 50-miler on trail, I was scared of downhill and technical stuff, which was quite yep. funny because there's a lot of switchbacks. And oh, wow, okay. Yeah, but I, I ran it and I, I loved it. I thought this is great, like crazy but great. So then I just kept trying to go further. Okay, and so what other, what other races have you, um, have you been in now? Well, after the Feral Pig 50 miler, I decided that why not step up and do Light Horse 12 hour because, you know, that sounds like fun as well, running yeah. in circles for 12 hours. It's a, oh, it's, a, no. it's a two and a half K loop course. It's limestone pass, so it's not really trail. But, you know, you can imagine doing, I think the first year, I think I did 117 K and I think it was 40 something loops over the 12 hours so that was fun and then I thought I'd have a go at ADU 100k which is a flat course and I remember I remember running that and I think it's an eight lap course and I think I was at lap five and there's an aid station in the middle and they're all cheering me to go on and it's a, again, it was a Sean Kessler's race and I remember turning at the start finish and I think I had two laps to go and he was so excited for me and I didn't really understand why and he kept saying something about it's, just, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a C qualifier, it's gonna be a C qualifier and I, I didn't know what that meant so I had no yeah. idea and I think it was the last lap someone said to me, a C qualifier means you can possibly make the Australian team to run the 100K and I got really excited and I managed to go just under nine hours for that. So I think I did 8.57 and that's a C qualifier. So I was, I, you know, I still didn't really understand what that was, but I was very excited. Yeah, <laughs> so, fantastic. Yeah, so then when I found out that that, you know, a C qualifier, so they take for the Australian team, they take the A qualifiers and if there's not enough A qualifiers, obviously then they look for the B B qualifiers and yep. so an A qualifier is a sub eight and a half and then I think the B qualifying time is I think it's 8.30 to 8.50 and C I think is 8.50 to 9.10. So okay. I'd only just scraped in but I was pretty excited and I thought well you know maybe I can do another race and try and go faster to make this Aussie team because it sounded pretty awesome yeah so was that last year so that was in 2017 so the the Australian team we I did make the Australian team and we went to Croatia that was that was 2019 yeah wow yeah so but yeah two, so 2017 was the first hundred that I raced and then yeah. I like my time is good but then I thought let's see if I can go even faster and I actually I got a 
B qualifying time in 2018 on the same course. So I ran an 8.41 for that. And that's that was my time for the Aussie, like to get into the Aussie team. Yeah, fantastic. That's a nice little jump too. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> so how do you, um, what's your training program look like then? First sort of few years of getting into the ultras, I just did my own training. So when I when I first started running, when I was 30, I just, I went online and got a whole heap of running programs and sort of just mashed them together. And I was just going by trial and error. And I, because I was still training for Ironman then, I, I actually burnt myself out a few times just overtraining, you know, not training smart and just doing too much crazy stuff. So probably it was last year in August, about August that I decided that it might be time to get a coach and just you, I, you get into bad habits of doing the same thing over and over and sometimes you need that outside assistance I think. So I, I got a coach in July, August. I downloaded a program from Camille and I just thought I won't do the one-on-one thing until I see you know, how this works out. So um, I was training for Ned Kelly 100K, which is over in um, Victoria. Mm-hmm. And I followed this program. And it was interesting because I was running seven days a week, but only one to two of those days were speed sessions. Everything else is long and easy pace, yep. which was actually nice to run easy. But she actually had me running slower than I would normally run. And when I went to Ned Kelly, I remember I've got a I've got a great friend who I call Coach Jen. She's sort of my coach over here. She reminds me that I need to do other stuff like strength training and core work and stuff. And I remember saying to her, I don't know if I can run fast. All I've been doing is all these slow runs. I've been running at, you know, 5.30 to 6-minute pace how am I going to run 100K at five-minute pace? You know, like how I don't think yeah. I can do this. I was actually really nervous. I thought I, I just can't do this. And I was going over with no crew and I ran nearly the best race I've ever run. Like I ran an 8.43 and oh, wow. I felt great. Like the first 50K, I just I felt fantastic. So after that, I decided to do some one-on-one coaching with her and, uh, she's obviously she's in America, but every week she sends through a program, and you know we adjusted if I need to as well. But the majority of runs, you know, they're they're actually slow. Like I very rarely do anything faster than five minute pace unless it's a speed session. So yeah, and it just okay. seems to work. Because yeah, and that was one of the things when you were telling me about your um, you know, your B qualifier. My immediate thing was to grab my calculator and go, hang on, that's like. That's about 512, 513 yeah. pace. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty impressive for a you know, for 100Ks. It's, um, so, I yeah, like it's, it's interesting. But, well, <laughs> it's, no one's ever happy, are they? <laughs> um, my, my goal is to, to, go a, uh, to go around 8.30. Like I would – my goal would be to – like if I can go 8.30, I would be – very happy. I at Ned Kelly, it's amazing. Like some of the runners out there, just incredible. The female that won Rhiannon, she did just over eight hours, 
and Michelle, who came second, she did eight, about 8.17. Like, they just fly. And, and when I went to Croatia, it's an amazing experience to run, you know, with such elite fields. Like, the female, you know, like, I was nowhere near the lead females. They, they're running well under sub-8. And, um, yes. you know, there was another one of the Aussie team members, Tash Fraser, and she's just incredible. She ran, I think... I think she ran about an 8.15 or somewhere around there or 8.13 and it was in Croatia. It was an unusual course. Brendan Davies, who was the team yeah. captain, said it was one of the hardest courses he's seen. I think it was a 13-lap course and there was this little hill in the middle of it that you went down and up each time and each time that little hill just got bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, and when we started, I think it was about 20, around 20, 20 degrees or something like that but it was something like 90 percent humidity so oh, for wow. tash to go out there and and just smash out i think she did a pb and it was just it's incredible to watch the talent yeah like it's it's not even intimidating it's just it's amazing to be out there running with them and watching them fly by do you wish you could do more with your money Knightswood House is a financial advisory firm that specialises in working with successful business professionals who share a passion for endurance sports or other adventures. People often come to us for one of three reasons. One, they aren't where they imagined they'd be financially at this point in their life. Two, they feel frustrated that they are earning good income but aren't doing more with it. And three, they are concerned that they don't have a strategy to make the lifestyle they're working so hard for feasible, both now and in the years ahead. Underlying all of these are nagging doubts about the future and a concern that they aren't maximising the opportunities created by their hard work. We have a nine-step process we take you through, which will simplify your financial affairs and take much of the hassle out of your hands provide you with certainty that the strategy you choose to implement is right for you. And finally, get rid of those nagging doubts and give you confidence that you are on track to achieving the things that are most important to you. Ultimately, we can help you leverage your professional achievements into financial success so you can enjoy a life that is truly remarkable. For more details, head to knightswood.com.au. Okay, back to the show. So what are, what's the, the World 100Ks like as an event? I mean, describe, you know, you rocking up there at your first your first event representing Australia. What's the whole experience like? It's pretty incredible. And we were lucky is the wrong word, but lucky we had such an amazing team. Like everyone on the team was so supportive. We had Tia Jones as the female captain and she's, I don't know if you've seen her run, but she's just incredible. She, well, she did a PB too. I think she did a sub 8.30 or she might have been just on 8.30, but she's in the over 50s category. I hope she doesn't mind me saying that, but she's in the <laughs> over 50s category. And she is just a machine. Like she flies. I think she won her age group as well. And she was so good and she's done so many of these that she got us all together. All the girls and the guys were great, but, like, the girls were just – there was no competition between us. We were, Everyone was supportive. Karina Black from the Gold Coast, she's amazing as well. And Barb, we ran together 
for a bit. Barb, Karina and I were all sort of running at the same pace and just encouraging each other. There was another girl on team, Larissa, and she had such a great lead up and unfortunately she just didn't have a good race on the day. An incredible strength. She just kept going like she had to walk. I think she hit about 30 or 40k mark and she just it just wasn't going to plan and she had to stop and do some walking and she was just out there cheering us all on and it just it was an amazing experience and watching Brendan Davies unfortunately the guys all of the guys had to pull out except for Brendan Davies and just watching him fly past each time and you know give you a cheer and I um it was interesting I was running with a um a Spanish girl for a while and she didn't speak any English and we were trying to communicate and I found out her name was Maria and we were running together and it was her first I through hand signals I figured out it was her first 100k run that she'd done and she was trying to express it she she had some stomach issues and I was and she was trying to say that she was quite hot so I was trying to tell her to pour water over her head and cool down and every time we went past her support crew they would cheer me on because they saw me running with her and trying to encourage her and like it was it was amazing like the encouragement out there it was fantastic experience yeah wow so you were on track to to go back overseas this year but um obviously with the the situation at the moment with COVID, that's all been cancelled i understand yeah unfortunately um with all you know all the races have been cancelled or postponed at the moment which you completely understand they were scheduled for holland this year which would have been fantastic um was really looking forward to it but you know they've got a it's the safety of all the runners and the supporters and the crew and you know it's a it's a lot to put these events on it costs them a lot of money as well so completely understand why they why they can't run it this year so so how do you i mean having geared yourself up to um you know to train for that and obviously you know representing the country as well um, how have you managed to to handle the disappointment of that i think that someone asked me the other day because i've been training i haven't stopped training i've my training stayed the same in fact may have even picked up a little bit i didn't want to lose the base that i'd worked so hard for because races will come back and i don't run just to compete i don't run just to go out and do races i actually enjoy it I like the social side of it. I like. I also like running to clear my head. I do a lot of solo running, so just on my own, and I like that as well. You know, races will come back. Um, we've got we've actually got one in WA on the seventh of August, which is called Birdie's Backyard by Ultra Series WA, and that's a last man standing event. I'd originally. I did that last year, and I'd I'd originally just entered because I was really excited for the event, and it was going to be just before Holland, so I hadn't planned on racing it. I just thought I'd go down and you know run a few laps. For those who don't know, the, the, the Last Man Standing event is um, it's a six point seven k loop every hour, and you have to just make sure you like finish that lap by the 60 minute mark and back in the starting corral to go again. Ah, okay. Mm. So um, in America, 
I think Courtney DeWalter did about 69 hours and I think the guy that won did about 70 hours. Oh, my gosh. So um, we did it last year here. They did it on a different course over here last year and I did. I made 11 hours. The winner, Michael Hooker, who's just a machine, he did, I think he did 21 or 22 hours. It was a tough course this last year but and this year they've changed the course so hopefully we'll go even further oh my gosh mm. but that's but i mean in terms of you know continuing to train and like races will be back on and you know they'll have the worlds again might not be this year or next year but maybe the year after they they normally run them every two years so they might hold off until you know a year or yeah, two. 2022. Yeah, yeah but, okay. but you know, you've, you've just got to keep going and there's no point, like for me, there was no point stopping and I understand that people, you know, like it was hard for some people and they lost motivation and that sort of thing, but I just enjoy getting out there and running, so I just kept going. <laughs> have you found yourself doing anything different? I mean, have you, yeah, I know a mate and I, we've been going off and, and kind of exploring different areas and, um, yeah, and doing some different sorts of running, but have you have you been doing anything different like that, or it's pretty much the same. I I do struggle a bit with um. So most of my runs, like in the mornings, they're usually between fifteen and twenty k. So I'm usually up around four thirty five o'clock to run to make sure I do get to work at a, at a reasonable. Even though they don't mind if I don't get in till late, you know the guys. I do try and get in at a reasonable time. I still try and start between 8 and 8.30. And then, you know, I don't normally finish till 5 or 6 and I've got to do a second run. So usually that's just a short one, 5 to 10K either outside or on the on the treadmill. But I don't – it's more that I don't have time to – I'd really love to get to the trails, but, it yeah, it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, okay. So I just – Thinking on how far yeah, your daily running schedule and the speeds that you're running at. So yeah, how um, there's a lot of time there. I mean, how do you juggle that with um, you know between work and your relationship with your husband? Uh, my husband thinks I'm crazy and he hates sport. So it's it's <laughs> <laughs> he does he hates sport um, and he thinks I'm mad. But it's a, it's hard. It's a compromise. You. Yeah, um, Saturdays, he works Saturday morning. So I do my long run on a Saturday and we usually, he finishes around lunchtime, finishes work at lunchtime-ish and I'll make sure that I'm sort of home by then and, you know, we'll go out for a meal or something like that. But it's, it's a bit of compromise trying to fit it all in. He, I try not to do any long stuff in the afternoon and that's why I get it done in the morning so it's out of the way. He goes to work quite early, so that sort of works that way. Yeah, sometimes you have to it's sometimes you have to modify I have to modify the run just to make it sort of fit in. I try not to do that. Yeah, okay. So given that, I mean, given that he, he doesn't really like sport yeah. and thinks you're mad. And I yeah. you know, I can relate to that, I get told that as well. But um, you know, when you're at the level that you're at now with the overseas events and things like that, how do you juggle that between the two of you with your you know, with different interests and uh, and all those sorts of things? 
I'm very lucky. I've got a I've got a good friend, Coach Jen, I call her. Um, and she actually because he doesn't really like to come to events, he does support me, so don't yeah. get me wrong there, he does support me. She's been with me like as my support crew since around 2014. So she came to Croatia with me. We could nominate someone to come with us and I nominated her to come to be my crew, partly because Russ had to be here to run the businesses while I was away as well, but also it's not really his thing and I understand that. But when he he does come to some events and that's, for me, in an event, I I love the support and the volunteers and the crew. Like that's what really lifts me up. And when I see him in an event, it just, like if I'm in a bad place, it makes it so much better. I remember running Light Horse Ultra, the 12-hour one year, and I was really hurting. I think I was probably nine hours in and really really hurting and he was I saw him I came around for one loop and I saw him standing there next to my support crew and Jen said to me you know do you need anything do you need any nutrition or like any hydration and I just said I just need a hug and you know gave him a hug and then the next three hours just seemed so much easier so and he's always he's proud of me like he'll always tell me how proud he is and things like that so even though it's not his thing he he does support me oh, yeah. so yeah. yeah and sees all the hard work that goes into it as well i'm sure yeah he can appreciate that he still thinks i'm crazy but he can appreciate the hard work that goes in so <laughs> i mean obviously it's a it is a juggle what else have you had to sacrifice to to kind of pursue this love of running I guess you you do sacrifice a bit of social life like you do like I do try to go to bed reasonably early and and things like that but I guess to me it's not really a sacrifice I I enjoy what I do um yeah I I know I love it so there's not too many sacrifices really just the early mornings and yeah yeah well, that is nice. I must admit, yeah, the because where I live, it's been absolutely inundated with people, you know, who've taken up running and um, getting out walking and things like that. But um, the early mornings have been great because it's been quieter and, you know, it's just that incentive to get out of bed early just yeah. to get some peace. Yeah. So realistically, I mean, you, you spoke about going back to the next worlds and, you know, you've got plans around the... You know, trying to get your time down for the hundred k. I mean, are you do you have any other any other big things on your bucket list as far as running goes that you were you know, you'd love to go and tick off? I did a hundred miler in two thousand and seventeen, and I did really well there. I was hoping it was my biggest run that I'd I'd ever done, and I was really hoping to go for uh, twenty two hours, and I actually went sub 20 just I remember I was running my last pacer for that was my friend Jen and I remember we were running along and I was saying to her you know like we were working out the maths as we were going and we're like we've got you know 60 minutes we've got 30 minutes oh we can do this and 
it was just it was an amazing experience and I'd love to do another miler or even longer to be honest like just to see what I can what I can do so that would be yeah going further would be great yeah well I mean obviously there's a whole bunch of 100 mile events but are there many runs that are longer than that yeah ultra series wa are just doing they've started up some 200 milers um oh my god yeah they had the first one i think it was the first one last year it was called um delirious uh <laughs> over here appropriately named they've actually just started up uh i think they've got one in every state so it's um when the restrictions are lifted i think i think there's one going ahead in I think it's October this year, maybe in South Australia. But yeah, he, but Sean Kessler, he's got quite a few events popping up that are longer than a hundred miler. So, and and there's a lot of the last man standing events that are popping up around. That's the actually a really well. cool concept. That one, I've never heard of that one. Oh, it's it's a great concept, I think, because you don't have to be fast to do it like not, not that you have to be fast to any ultra but you don't have to be fast to be up front either like or to be the last person standing because it's all about just you just have to keep going so yeah. you can come in in 45 minutes and you have a 15 minute rest or you can come in at 55 minutes and have a five minute rest or you can basically just keep going the whole way as long as you make it through that start finish shoot you know under the yeah. 60 minutes so it's a really interesting concept and how you run it is actually sort of strategic i guess to you know because stopping and starting is quite a hard thing to do yeah. so you need to practice that like if you're going to stop for 20 minutes and then get back up and run it sounds easy but try and do that 20 times <laughs> it's yeah. not not as easy as you think yeah okay now, let me ask you this. What's the one thing that you really wish you were better at? Running? <laughs> yeah. Um, it could be running, yes. I don't know, Dave, to be honest. I don't, I, I, I probably don't, I don't think like that, I guess. I don't, I don't know how yeah, to answer I mean, that one. No, that's all right. Because I mean, it's really interesting talking to you and you're, you know, the, just this ability to, to kind of push through and you know and set and achieve these these really big goals that a lot of people would look at and go oh my gosh you know, 100k's is just unbelievable i could never wrap my head around that i think if you think that you can't then you won't so you have to think that you can you know it, it was interesting i spoke to a friend um a good friend nick who i run with a bit and he was saying that he wanted to do a hundred miler. This is a little while ago. He was saying he wanted to do a hundred miler. But he said that he always thinks, what if, like, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if it's hot? Or what if I get an upset stomach or, and you can't. And so he hadn't entered a hundred miler. He's actually entered one this year, which is very exciting, but he hadn't entered a hundred miler because he was too worried about the what ifs. And I don't think that you can think about that. I mean, things go wrong all the time in races and you have bad runs and I, I say all the time like I've had far more bad runs than I've had good runs but you can't think about the what ifs or you can't think like 
I can't do this because then you, you won't do it or you can't do it. You make, you make yourself not do it, you know. So you have to be positive and just go with it. And if things happen in a race and it's going south, you just try and adjust for that. And, you know, I've had a few DNFs and had quite a few bad runs and things that have gone wrong and you just deal with it when you're out there. Yeah, okay. And how do you how do you train your head? How do you change your um, your, your focus? Because most people have those doubts. Um, I think for me, the big thing was so when I did Ironman in two thousand and thirteen, I was sick and found out that I had cancer just after I raced, and I had two two really good friends around me. I had a lot of great support, but I had two really good friends around me after that. When I was sorry, when I was going through that, one Naomi Purcell, who's a great friend, and she's a nurse, and she was with me, you know, basically holding my hand the whole way through diagnosis and that sort of thing. And the second person who I refer to as Coach Jen, I met Jen at Park Run not long before I was diagnosed, and she barely knew me and she came to the hospital just after I had surgery and it was amazing like we just built this friendship you know throughout this thing but both of those people helped me get through this and helped me see that you have to be positive and after the diagnosis I guess together we all thought like this there is only one outcome and I'm not saying that if you think positive there is going to only be one outcome but we Mm. had to I had to get in my mind that I'm going to get better and this is the way it's going to be and we you have to look forward you can't worry about those what-ifs because you'll deal with them when it happens um you know and they both of those people taught me that like throughout this thing and I think after that I took that into running and into life in general and I like to think that you know, you've, you've got to look forward and you've got to move forward and you deal with the bad stuff when it happens. So the, I try, and I'm not perfect, like I still have moments where you think that, you know, th- bad things and stuff like that. But, you know, if I really believe that if you think about it, then think positive about it, then it's more likely to happen. If you think negative thoughts, like if you think, oh, I can't get up and go for a run in the morning, then you more likely won't think that you won't do that, you know? Yeah. Oh, look, that's an amazing story. Um, You know, I'm sitting here getting goosebumps just listening to you telling that. (laughs) And I think that's probably a a really good note to to finish up on as well. I mean, the only – I've got one more question that I'm going to ask you, and that's that's really based off that where, you know, like I say, there's a lot of people out there who do have, you know, the doubts and, you know, kind of allow that to um, to make the decisions for them and, you know, holds them back from doing things. So, you know, the, the one thing that, um, that I do ask all my guests for is to throw out a challenge for, for listeners, you know, so something that they can do, you know, over the next week or so to... Um, you know, kind of based on the discussion that we've had, and I think yours is, um, yeah, is really brilliant around the, you know, forget about the what ifs, just go and choose something to do. So, you know, if you could uh, throw something out there for people to, to go and have a crack at, what would it be? Well, I think that not be afraid to fail. Like I like to think that all the time, like don't be afraid to fail because I see 
a lot of people, whether it's, um, you know, whether they, they're starting running and they're scared to just go out the door and do, you know, 1K or 500 metres or 5K or ultra runners that, you know, are scared to push themselves at, you know, a speed event or something like that. So I would say that thing that you've been afraid to do is now's the time to do it. Don't be afraid to fail. Just get out the door and choose something that you've been putting off and and go and do it. That's fantastic, Margie. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. No worries. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit of Life. To learn more about how Knightswood House can help you live your life of adventure whilst planning your future, visit knightswood.com.au.